Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. This computer, all right. As I always say, I'm recording. How are you, Chris? I'm good, thank you, Jeremy. You all right? Very good. Any gaming? Or I know you, I know you did gaming. You went and did your your Star Wars mini stuff. I saw pictures. I of did. I went. Cool. I went to my first tournament for a year and like my first proper tournament for eighteen months because I kind of stopped playing Marvel and haven't played anything like that. I briefly mm. played this sort of Samurai thing called Bushido, but I kind of went. I played it a bit. Went to the tournament, played it. Went. Oh, this isn't for me, and haven't looked back at that. Um, but yeah, I went to play the new Star Wars miniature game. So I had a whole day playing miniatures, which I haven't done in yeah, like a year, which is kind of crazy. Very so that good. was good. And then Friday night, yeah, the guys, we played it. We played a board game and then we started thinking about what role playing we were going to play next. Yep. 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 So before we go, uh, before I go off for vacation, though, we wanted to touch one of the third rails, I guess. We wanted to. To, to get in trouble and uh and and cause... i do not want to get in trouble okay we're not going to get in trouble um, you might get in trouble because you want to be i'm not going to get in trouble at all but but we're going to talk about to say it cue it up cue it up uh, Today, we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about religion what? religion in games mm-hmm. we're not going to talk games. about religion in the real world totally uh and um you know we did an episode a while back about what what the things we hate in combat in in rpgs and i think that there, for me at least there's going to be an undertone of of the frustrations and absurdity with religion in games at least for me um i just wanted to preface this by saying that <clears throat> you know and, and and i used to say this <clears throat> excuse me when i taught world history ages ago um and obviously you you have to park on the major world religions uh and others because it that shapes in many cases how people yeah. perceive the world how they perceive others and then how they act based on those perceptions and beliefs and so i always used to like i padded myself from controversy by saying it doesn't matter what we all think about it it matters what they thought about these things and how they acted accordingly and so that view i have that same view uh within within games like if if religion is something that someone believes, if a religion is or a god they follow or whatever, um, the extent to which it shapes their perceptions and their beliefs and their values, and then there's also this question of to what extent do that, does that belief shape their actions, what they will do, what they won't do, what they will stop from being done or try to or ignore or overlook or whatever, how will this affect them? And my point of, of frustration, frankly, is where in the vast majority of cases that is non-existent and so yeah. that that will be my underlying that is my underlying gripe um especially when we talk about fantasy games um but there's also layers of absurdity and silliness that are uh, that, that you find in in other games uh, in other yeah, genres this, rather this is the thing that popped into my head and i was going to put do a you know a blog post or put it on the internet and when i have a podcast i can literally have a conversation with another human being that isn't going to just yeah. shout offensive stuff at me um i, can I have won't. a conversation about it um because it was just that thing that popped into my head like right well this is what religion is like in our world and this is how people act yeah but in a fantasy world it it should be different 
but I don't perceive it to actually come across that way. Uh, and another sense. So let's let's start with another. Let's yeah. go. Let's go far ahead into the future. I said we. Should, I wanted to mention Star Trek because it always crossed my mind that like you know Star Trek's not that far in the future. It's what three hundred years ish in the future, depending on yeah. which kind of Star Trek you're looking at. And almost never do I see someone on the Enterprise or you know insert other ship talking about religion. You know, in this day and age, you will have people that will have you know they will have. I was going to say prayer breaks. That's not the right thing, but. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know, people on a Sunday will go to church and you right. know, other nights for other religions. So I, I don't ever remember seeing anyone. There's no, is there a prayer room on the Enterprise? Because there, there should be, because it's only 300 years. I refuse to believe that 300 years from now, just because they live in a sort of post scarcity economy, that religion just suddenly oh. goes out of the window. Well, and in fact, the- what we have is. In fact, religion, the, the places they find that do have religion, they almost make out to be like, you know, not, you know, whack jobs or something. Well, this is fascinating because there's, there's a bit of that, but there's also <clears throat> like you've got in uh, Deep Space Nine, you've got the Bajorans and hmm. so much of their culture yes. and their society and their government is wrapped around their religion, which is wrapped up in these, the prophets, the wormhole aliens. So in a weird way, you've got the, the writers in the background implying like you're just worshiping space aliens who live in oh, that's what they were <laughs> but well you know so there's that um you've got the klingons and you have we have episodes where they they go i mean voyager and i believe deep space nine and definitely um <clears throat> what's it called uh next generation you have you have talk of of klingon uh religious matters and their afterlife like the good yeah. and the bad the 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 yeah. valhalla ish and the the opposite you know you've got uh what is it stovokor and what's the other one the bad one yeah i know what you mean but yeah they they have a yeah it's it's, it's yeah. kind of so it's similar to the norse they stuff, they it? have that uh i don't know of any mention of romulan religion I don't remember, um, <clears throat> nor Cardassians. I don't remember. Although the weird thing is, remember the Klingons said, we, we killed our gods. We had no need for them. Like Worf made some comment about that, but there's still this whole idea of an afterlife. Yeah. Um, so that's a little, that's, that's, that's something well, they the Vul- didn't. The Vulcans have. The, I, I don't the, know. Because um, the Vulcans, you can see being like, you know, they because the way they act is almost bordering on like spiritual. I guess the mm. Vulcans actually are kind of quite a, like, a kind of well, it, Buddhist Zen type. What it seems culture. to me is that what Star Trek does with faith, religion, spirituality, and, and, and maybe those are, I actually see those as three different things. You know, maybe there's overlap between them, but what Star Trek does is they, aside from one moment that I know of in all of Star Trek, they uh they avoid any of any real human religion yeah but what they do is they 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 explore the overall idea of religion in various sparing ways through other cultures like alien cultures so they don't touch you know there are no space catholics there are no space lutherans um it's not like history of the world part one that ends with the the history of the world part two with Jews in space. I'm not being offensive. That's actually from a Mel Brooks movie. So lump it. 
Uh, there's nothing like that. Uh, it's not like um, The Expanse, which frankly, I think had a very clever, very thoughtful, and also interestingly respectful take on Mormons. Yeah. Mormons in space. Yeah, because that uh, was like, um, oh, what's his name? Main guy. The main guy's whole family were like, like very religious when I was thinking he was like, yeah, he, so, he so left them and did his well, own but, thing. So, so other franchises have, have dealt with this with this differently, but there's nothing, none of, no real earth religions, except for a very fuzzy wuzzy sense of like Native American, this mishmash of Native American spirituality. And I mean, honestly, let's, let's face it, saying Native American is like saying European. Yeah. Like, so do you mean the Poles or do you mean the Spaniards? Yeah. Because they're both European, but there's a really, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they just avoid it, but they, they do address the idea of religion, albeit through alien cultures, which then I suppose maybe that creates padding so that they figure, well, no one's going to get chapped. Yeah, that's you know. what I think. If you're, if you're playing in a role-playing game, I mean, realistically, if, you're, if you want to play a character who is deeply religious, it's kind of like, oh, well, you need to play Bajoran then. Well, what happens if I want to play a deeply religious human person from Earth yeah. where we have religion? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't believe that in 300 years, all of the churches fell over. I mean, you know, most of these churches have been around for sort of, a th you know, between 1,000 and 500 years already. They're not yeah. falling over in the next 300 years. And most, most of them get fixed anyway. So yeah. again, not an issue. So what you right. tell me all look like, you know, places like Spain and Italy, very Catholic countries, suddenly no one from those countries. Or that like all of a sudden Islam is going to just yeah. disappear. I, I yeah. just don't. I yeah um no. so yeah really those should still and, it, and it, you know it's nothing to do with just because there's aliens exist then you know people just stop stop having religion i don't i don't buy that for a second if anything it might turn people you know who aren't religion and more onto religion mm. potentially yeah um, we've got so no yeah, idea the, it's all conjecture exactly but the idea that there is no religion in in the future I no just, earth I, religion I, I, and, and there no are plenty religion. of comments in star trek about like and john Luc picard has a couple of uh, of monologues about how we have evolved past that oh, 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 those silly people that take um i'm thinking of one episode in, in particular i don't remember the name of it <clears throat> the picard when they throw a spear into the picard and he tells then he tells these aliens about how oh yeah we evolved past that city hokum um like, okay, uh, so, so the tough thing is, I, I think you're absolutely right. In, in most, like in Star Trek and in a lot of science fiction properties, Earth religion is just, it, it's not even hand-waved. It's just flat-out ignored. It plays no role, and yet, unless you look at things like um, Mutant Chronicles, but they weren't, those were like weird analogs, like weirdo yeah. analogs for, or 40K, but that's like something Ooh. they, they, took, they yeah, took let's, some, let's not touch 40k. No, but it's like, it's weird. It's like they took some imagery <laughs> and they took some like vague sense of I, the icons or ideas of, yeah. and then they turned it into something completely different. So they, they, they have religion and religion matters, but it's not, it's so far away or, or, or such an alternate future that they're able to completely unplug from reality. I mean, to actually pick another, um, another Modiphius one, then stay on the same bent. Infinity does explicitly in part talk about religion. So one of does the it? main yeah, I factions, um, I can't think called, I think they just call Hack Islam, which is, I think it's essentially sort of like oh, you're New right, Islam. 
Um, but it's like it's like a, it, it, it like it took a different direction. Yeah, or something it took like a different direction. Yeah, but it okay, still I remember now. that. And like uh, the um, uh, there was a faction which was just like a pull of China and Korea and Japan, yeah. and they kind of smushed it all together. And they would have had elements to it, but then the Japanese kind of faction kind of separated off its own thing. So they do have, you know, well, I mean, in the one of the things literally have almost like warrior nuns they have like these sort of like yeah. these these reverends or i can't know what they're called but again that's the whole thing so they they do but again maybe that's because that is a game designed by spaniards who were like well we think there would be religion in space because there's loads of religion here and we don't see it disappearing in the future yeah so they put religion into their games and actually try to be very respectful of different religions and what they might yeah. look like in the future. i remember actually that reading that i mean i haven't read that part of infinity in, in a long time but i i do remember that and thinking that's really fascinating and actually um and i yeah for lack of a better word respectful yeah you know, i mean particularly you know so in in infinity you essentially have that kind of transhuman idea that you can upload your brain into a cube and then, you know, download into potentially another body, you know, it's not yeah. quite the extreme of, of sort of altered carbon or something, but, um, you know, that was a, that's a part of the background. And obviously they kind of go into the religious aspects of, of that to some extent and the, that problems that would cause, which is good because that's, you know, you could do whole sessions about the problems involved in, um, yeah. in that. I think the 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 big one though, you know, we we talked to I, I think dispensing with with like science fiction settings. I think the big one is what we're we're implying by our our backgrounds here is is uh, religions in fantasy games. And I think that's uh, I mean I, I don't want to I don't know what modern you know I mean, but I think fantasy games is the big one. Yes. Um, so if we're thinking like, well, it's just, you know, the, the main one, D&D. &D. We might we might talk about Conan, which I think mine's from. Sure. Um, I might talk about Conan later. Uh, like, that's almost coming full circle to some extent. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking D&D &D where, you know, most, we, I mean, you, we'll, we'll get to the exceptions. There are exceptions, as you pointed out the other day. But if we're thinking like Forgotten Realms, which is the sta bog standard D&D totally. &D setting, um, there are a whole bunch of gods uh, who, you know, exist in, in, for example, the Forgotten Realms. Now, at some point, for those who don't realize, because people will have only picked up D&D &D with 5th edition, yep. back in the day, um, there was a massive jump. I think it was between probably between 2nd and 3rd. It was certainly during the time 2nd was out. Um, they did a whole storyline where essentially the gods walked them out. They, all, they were all kicked out of wherever they hang around the rest of the time, the various planes, and they all came to take avatars of people walking around on the planet and I can't remember why it happened or how it finished. And at the end of it, they all ended up back where they came from, except some of the gods literally died. Yep. And some of the other people ascended and became gods. Now, that is a kind of example where the gods literally walked amongst people. But even the rest of the time, you know, we, we, you, you have clerics and paladins who are doing stuff which we would perceive to be magic. Um, but they make it very clear this magic is coming from my god. I can, I can bring this person back from the dead because I am a, I am a priest of whatever such and such yeah I, yeah i can smite these undead with my holy power because i am a paladin of whoever mm -hmm. so kind of my thing is and this is where i can get controversial i do like, i'm not trying to offend anyone but okay if i look at what we have to, in modern day we have people who have like you mentioned faith okay faith to me would be you're believing in something because there's no necessary proof in it so whether you know i'm, I'm talking scientific proof okay that's so before i get something scientific proof right so faith becomes a matter of i i believe or I do not believe. 
based on some based on some package of reasoning yeah that may not that that others may look at and say that doesn't square with what we consider to be demonstrable science yeah that that, that works whereas in D D, so like forgotten realms specifically that is that is not the case there is there is literal proof i mean the exception i go some smart out and go well i don't think there's a god letting that priest heal it but he's still healing people yeah this some, isn't you know it's not our this is this isn't our you know faith healer who says something and someone who could already walk and now suddenly walk you know this isn't you know right. reiki healing or acupuncture this isn't some kind of it may be or whatever <laughs> this, this is genuinely someone you know they've lost their arm and someone puts their hand over the arm where he goes this is a person right. who is dead dead and, and comes they come back, back, back from the dead you know this is yeah. like this is magic this is genuine this is not like you know there's a clever science thing or a cycle or anything else this is just it's straight up tricks. Yeah, this is straight or, or up. like you know the, the the zombies, the undead attack you, and the 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 cleric or the, the the paladin holds up a holy symbol and they disintegrate. Yeah, so this is straight up like this is magical stuff. Yes, and that is coming from somewhere. Now, okay, yes, you, we have got wizards who are doing magical stuff, but they're you know they they're very you know people are very clear on where their powers are coming from. If you are in this situation, then where it is very very clear that the gods. Do exist. Whether the gods are good or bad, we're not. Let's ignore that for the right. minute. That's all I'm thing. But the gods do exist. Surely, people should act differently. Yeah. Because you were you started right at the start by making the point that some of the way people might act is based on the way they're raised and the religious, you know, the religion they they are part of, uh, and the various, you know, part of that religion that they they live their life totally. like or things they do for certain reasons. Um. And yet in a fantasy world where religion, you know, the gods walk among us and they are literally like real. We can definitely see the real. Now, you know, I'm not going to go into it whether gods are real or not. That's, real, that's not the point of this. In that fantasy world, 100% they are real. Right. Totally, totally real. Surely that changes things then. Yeah. Because like, you know, we can go through history of this. Kind. We know that part points of history, we have had priests say, you know, if you don't do X, Y and Z, you will go to you will go to hell. Which is a you know large chunk in the dark ages of people going to you know do it you know doing things and we still always had criminals um because we couldn't pre- it, it if you are in a fancy world and there's a god of justice and the priest of justice stands outside his church and says if you don't do this you will go to hell that's not a oh i do or don't believe that's a Oh, yeah, I've seen it because I saw the paladin of justice smite this dude the other day because he did something. Or maybe it's not necessarily the, the, the response is, oh, well, you say your God is going to send me to, you know, some is, I'm going to be punished because I'm not living up to your your teachings. Well, I've got this other God <laughs> and that's going to, you know, he, she, it, whatever, uh, you know, it it is. um more powerful than like your god's really not a god your god's just like a you know a demigod or like a you know really powerful magic entity or something like that and mine's you know but but you're right there would be I, I i think people would behave differently i think people would see things differently they would react to some of those things differently now i going into this episode thinking about this i was re- primarily thinking about the the characters, non-player and player characters, who are professed adherents of and empowered by. That's what I was thinking of. I wasn't thinking about like broader populations as a whole. Like, you know, we have plenty of sorry examples in our, uh, in, in the real world of people um, 
using their, you know, you, you clashes between like, you know, Catholics and Protestants in some parts of the world. Okay. That's, that's one example. Um, you know, it, and we, I think it makes perfect sense that p- perhaps like, you know, you have a, what if you have a big city, big fantasy city, and there are like two gods that are most popular and there's a, there's, there's a clash, but well, it could be, you know what I mean? Just don't have a soccer match. Um, well, I was just exactly that because you like the classic where we have in this country where we mix religion and sport is in Glasgow, <laughs> where we literally have a Protestant football team and a Catholic football team. And ideally, it would either be people talking about religion sensibly or just watching a football match. Yeah. And, it, and it turns and into something two together way together more than that. But I mean, my thinking was more along the lines of player characters and non-player characters and how, frankly, in my experience, and this is this is like the lowest hanging fruit for me, my lowest hanging gripe is your cleric who, I mean, all the God or religion is or domain is, if you go back to like, you know, earlier editions for that kind of stuff, all it is, is just an on paper structure that dictates what kinds of spells you have and what kind of powers you have. There's nothing else attached to it. Now, I recognize that in plenty of different churches, like in, and just using this as an example, because it is, because there's a hierarchy and there's a structure, you know, the Roman Catholic Church, there are plenty of people who play different roles. You know, there are some people of the cloth in the Roman Catholic Church whose job it is to evangelize. There are some, there, you know, the monks, priests, this, the exorcists, but there are different roles. So it's not like everyone is out there preaching on a corner. Um, but I just find it, aside from the stupid hand wave of like, well, I, I got up and prayed, you know, and like, how many GMs out there? Let's be honest. How many GMs? actually make that a headache like well you got to pray or we're going to have the goblins attack at dawn while you're <laughs> praying and you're you're, you're and you're uh, or if your paladin is of some order where they're like really hardcore about no no you must pray at this time you must pray x many times per day in this manner and you can't not do it well and that's when the goblins attack or that's when the hobgoblins like run off with the, the villagers or something like that and the paladin's like nope like how many how many GMs actually think about that and incorporate that and ask their players to make choices based on their character's professed beliefs? No, it's just an on paper conduit that gives you some structure for your powers, yeah. and beyond oh, yeah. that, it's yeah. nothing. It's there's no story to it. I think particularly with clerics, you end up just having you know there's no special rules or restrictions. You can do whatever you want. You don't your power is not taken away when you don't do the right thing. You're just you have a it's spell stupid. list. And your spell list is, you know, bigger because the God's given you it. But then the wizard guy has a not as big spell. And the poor warlock's got like five spells because, you know, he's only got his power for like a really small entity. Yeah, um, but how, many least... t- how many GMs ask the, uh, the warlock character to like, uh, you know, if, you're, if your patron is some creepy fae, we're like, you're going to come spend an amount of time in my fae world with me and you're going to be my little like leather mask biatch for a while. Like, you know, honestly, what, like, you have all these powers. What does this weird entity want in return? Maybe yeah, it wants think things that come across as benign. Maybe it wants things that are horrific. Nobody ever plays that. You'll see, the only, you'll see people play paladins like that. But that's the perception. Oh, a paladin has to be this, 
lawful good. Well, well, not maybe not so much now if they don't have the. But when you right. had to, you know, when you had to be a lawful good. Paladin. We're talking about five e. I mean, we're talking about just watered down like what yeah. drek. You know, everything is down, just like, anything. It's nothing. The old school paladin was yeah. properly, you know, and even like I mean, we didn't. Brian played a paladin in our uh, Strahd thing, and that was fine because we were mostly fighting undead. But yeah, a lot of time, you know, he, you, we you end up playing the paladin like, well, it's a paladin. I've got to play him like an arsehole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight, straight, straight and narrow. Can't but, deviate from that. I'm gonna follow all of these rules. It's my way or the highway. There's, there's no slightly illegal stuff. Yeah. I mean, he actually moved. He didn't play it like that because he knew that would be annoying. But that's how people w- were playing paladins back in the day. That's what it said in the book. Yep. But then why doesn't it say that for clerics? Yeah. Not a cleric no. should still have a, a similar thing, but you know, you'd have a cleric that, oh well, I'm not allowed to use, uh, I'm not allowed to use swords um, or axes. I've got to use blunt things. Well, there's nothing about how you have to act. If you want to go around like backstabbing people by smacking them over the head with a, you know, mace, you were allowed to do that. There's nothing stopping you multi-classing, you know, rogue cleric and going around stealing yeah. off everyone and assassinating people because. There's just nothing like that in the rules. So then well, you end up with just a priest is another way of getting a spell list. You know, the, the um, I remember how Eberron, which is, I think I've said this before, I'm sure it's my favorite D&D setting by a long shot. Um, it uh, Eberron does some interesting things and it also does some like head scratching things when it comes to clerics and the gods is that first off, the, the gods in Eberron, if you don't know this, are are more distant than in other D and D settings, they are not. They don't walk among the people. Okay, um, aside from the silver flame, which could be some kind of, you know, super powerful supernatural entity. Nobody, you know, like uh, some kind of like powerful force that's not necessarily a god. But the followers of the silver flame believe that. But the sovereign host and the dark six, which are like the good gods and the bad gods, don't walk among the people. And so there is there is a a, a, a questioning a broad-based questioning over whether they're real or not. That, I think, makes sense because of how the authors, how they said, well, listen, the gods aren't walking among the people. And so there is this questioning of. Now, on the other hand, you can be a neutral evil cleric of a good god, which to me is like, that, yeah. that, like what, I, you know, Unless there's story I mean, commentary that digs into like, well, maybe the gods, they, maybe they're really not good. This god really isn't good. It's something else. Like it's good-ish. You think it's good, but it's just a source of power. But it's still, that never gets answered, one. And the other thing is, it still goes back to this question of, well, what does the thing want in return for granting you these powers? I guess that's where I'm coming from, too, is like, are all gods just, do they just ignore a sense of quid pro quo? Like they want, they, they grant these humans or these human, whatever, they grant these characters, these powers, and they get, they grant them more and more and bigger and power, more powerful over time. And yet they ask nothing in return. Well, the assumption would be, you know, the spread in the God's word, but then. But nobody does How that. many clerics? Yeah, no, exactly. People aren't going in the name. I mean, people who are playing the characters well maybe are, but are they meant to be doing that over the top? And then they, surely then they should have a list of stuff. I mean, that then really falls into a GM side of things. They're right. Yeah. If you're watching this, I mean, like certainly for a lineman, I would usually make sure that a player matches there because, you know, it used to be we didn't have that. But nowadays your gods would have alignment. I would say you should match the alignment to the god. But actually yeah. that's a bit simplified because, again, if we come back to the real world, uh, I'm going to you know, pick a bad guy from you know, Cardinal Richelieu. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy in the Musketeers. So if we nominally say that, you know, the Catholic faith should be lawful good, 
there's no way he's lawful good. He's right. probably like neutral evil or something. Right. But he was, you know, he was high up in the church because he he's worked his way up because you know you can do that in an organization. So, but I guess he's not a PC. This was a bad example, but that would still be the same thing that, like you said, you should then be able to not have your alignment match the well, God. Would but he? It's just fallen apart. Like yeah. Richelieu, actually, that that's a really interesting example because if you were to if you were to play this like D and D of old old, he would have lost his powers, hmm. right? Now, on the other hand, though, could he actually have then turned into a cleric of like an evil god? Or maybe he's not a cleric at all. Maybe he's a wizard or a magic user if you really want to go back in time. Maybe he's that, <laughs> but like on a on a worldly side, he's wearing the cloth. He has the power, the like the political and the social authority, but on like the magical side, it, it's not it's something completely different. So I think that make I think that frankly that makes a lot more sense than like a good god being like, well, this really terrible person's doing really terrible things that are against everything I stand for, but I still give him powers. What's I mean, you'd like to think that? most most clerics will play, you know, a, a good role player should play his cleric in the way that is doing something more, should. but exists yeah, should how many do or don't. All right, so that's from the character work. So let, let's what about the idea of literally society and NPCs? Because I, I would maintain that if the gods are walking amongst people, should not act like, you know, like they did back. In, well, you know, people go back to ancient times, like, oh, well, we'll go back and look at how things were in like Greece or Egypt and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, again, there was powerful people then. Maybe more people believe the gods were. But even in Greece, loads of people would like pay lip service to yeah. it because they were, you know, this like kind of higher thought. Then you probably a load of people who would say that who would say they believe in the gods because they're right. worried about getting dumb, done over the head if they say they don't, but probably didn't. But again, this isn't a thing where people do believe. I mean, right. actually, like your your Protestant Catholics in the good thing. How many times would you straight up just in a city have wars between? I mean, if they want a better word, rival fans, because this is the point I, I would, before we did this episode, I kind of said this, like, if you live in a town where there's 20 different gods, do you worship all of them or do you pick one? And if you pick one, how do you decide which one? Is right. it the one your parents had? Can now it start sounding like a sport? Oh, well, my parents supported Zeus, yeah. so I'm going to support Zeus as well. I don't like Odin because he's the rival god to Zeus in a whole different pantheon thing. But it's so, a different it's a different matter. Like you you so you've got all that. And that I think is analogous to the way people lend their support to things in the real world. Like you know, why why do people end up supporting the political party that they do? It's oftentimes because of what they're taught by their surroundings and they become convinced that like that that's right and it's it's actually less a rational than a received decision. Okay. Yeah. You can you can make sense of, well, I support Zeus, not Odin for that reason. But what happens when Zeus shows up and stomps the uh, the temple of Odin into nothing and you watch it happen? And you were the <laughs> Odin worshipper. Are you just really pissed off? Are you crestfallen? Are you like I support Kanye's gods. You know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> what, what happens then? I, I think, yeah, there's that, there's that question of when the gods make themselves known in undeniable ways, not ways, you know, Ooh, I attributed that storm that like, you know, I, I, my, my, our cleric to whatever, you know, prayed to the red knight and, and we had success in battle. So you attribute it to, it's like, no, the Red Knight showed up and hacked the, all the, the, you know, killed the enemy army. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. How does that affect how people act, how characters, and like you just said it, the masses. Yeah. 
how does that affect it? And I, I just, I just don't, it's unfortunate. I think that's, a, that's a dimension of like the, the persons and the people that are part of stories in these games that just by and large is overlooked. It's definitely overlooked by the vast majority of publishers. It's like, they just, they just stay away from it. I think they just gloss over. I mean, you'll see these books of like, you know, gods and stuff, and it will explain what the gods are like, and it might explain what their church is like, and it will explain what the work, but there's never a thing that kind of, okay, well, how is this affecting day-to-day mm. society? Because you have got all these, I mean, is, is someone like, oh, I'm going to hedge all my bets and I'm going to go to every single church every <laughs> single week to make sure, I mean, I'm, I'm hitting the one that's going to be, you know, winning this week or, or do you have a thing, you know, like, is there a standing in which God has got more worshippers in there, therefore they're more yeah. powerful, or is it based on pantheons as opposed to the, ind- there's so many different ways you can look at it, but now, I have seen, it, it just gloss over it. You just, I have just seen one, it. There, there are gods and. I've seen one game that, and this is very recent with my my castles and crusades infatuation, but they have a book called. Oh, what is it called? What the hell is it called? This is right over here on my shelf. <laughs> Falls off his chair. What am I blind? Um, well, you haven't got your glasses on. Gods and Legends. Uh, it's called Gods and Legends, and it has all the gods of their stock world. Erida or Aired or whatever it's however it's pronounced. And then it has a whole bunch of your stock, you know, gods from um from human history. And all the ones, I haven't read the book completely, but all the ones for um for their world, they have um rituals or practices or observances a tie, tied to each of them that if worshipers do those things. They get certain things or certain things happen. And the neat thing about it is it's not, they're not all the same. It's not like, well, if you do this thing once a month, you get this plus two bonus. Like that would be what 5e would do. Like it would, it would be completely the same under the hood. Everything would be a four cylinder engine, no matter what the the car looked like. These are actually different. Like if you do these things for this God, you experience this kind of bonus for this period of time, or you experience, you, you get to do this thing once or twice. So they, they have built into the story tied to their proprietary deities, observances, practices, rituals, blah, 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 that are, that can be done by followers that have real world effects. And that's the first time, that's the only time I've seen something like that. If you're listening to this or watching us and you have another game that provides something like this, where there's this varied selection of, this is what happens when you are the real deal. As a follower, let us know because I'm not aware of it. But I think, yeah, Gods and Legends has that. And I was like, whoa, that's really interesting. In fact, in the, the, the Kingmaker, uh, uh, the campaign we're going to start running next month. Um, I think what I'm going to do, because just for the sake of ease, I think we're going to stick with the Pathfinder God's names, but I might go ahead and take, like pin each of these Castles and Crusades gods to each of those so that if, because we have a cleric or probably a cleric in the party, if that, if the cleric wants to do those kinds of things, well, they have that option. Cool. Uh, and I, I think that would be kind of, I think that'd be cool, but I, you just don't see that. And that could be yeah. something that the characters do. That could be something that major NPCs do or something that you just say happens in the background. Like you're in the city and they're having this, you know, here's this quarterly or, or you know, it's with the, with the, 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 I don't know, whatever, some time of the year or something like that. And this thing happens because of this ceremony or attendant to this ceremony. Like that would be kind of cool, but. Like I said, you just don't, just don't see that. It yeah. doesn't seem like it. Well, 
I wonder if the opposite would actually be true that because there's so many gods and so much magic, like if you're in a magic heavy setting, mm. that maybe people just get so blase about it, they just switch <laughs> it off be. and just they're not bothered. But again, I don't think that's how people are playing it. People are just, they just treat gods like it's a, it's a thing on a sheet. It's yes. like, it's, I, I have my, I have what race I am. And I'm going to just play my character just the same, whether regardless of my race. Right, right. I'm a, just using these bonuses because I like them. Yeah, I like the bonuses. Um, I like the idea of being a dwarf, and I want to do a fake Scottish accent, but I'm just <sighs> going to play it, play it the same. Um, and I have an alignment which I'm going to pay lip service to. If you have an alignment system, um, and then, then there's a slot for God. So I, I've written the God that I like the sound of because I want to occasionally say, you know, in Zeus's name, or whatever. Um, and none of it means anything because it's just some stuff that's in the background and doesn't yeah. care from the day to day. And like I said, the thing that made me think about this was because the current critical role arc is that literally the, the characters are having to essentially do something to stop some bad guys that are trying to release a monster, which will destroy all the gods potentially. So their conversation, again, they, they are having to have these conversations you know, they do have a Clareth and Clary much like, well, come on, the rest, you must believe in the gods. And they're like, well, we believe because it's not a matter of belief. We, we know the gods are real. Yeah. We just don't care. And then it's a case of, well, should we save the gods or not? And they're like, yeah, you got like half of them are like, yeah, I guess we should save the god. Some of them are like, actually, I don't give a monkeys about the gods. I'd be quite happy if the gods all died. But the guys we fight and we know they are assholes. So on that basis, we should stop them because whatever they're trying to do is probably bad. But actually, I'm not bothered about the gods one way or the other. And you think, that seems like a funny action. Well, you know, yeah. the, the gods don't bother me, so I don't bother. You think, okay, I can see maybe people would have that. That I can see that as an attitude. But again, that's a thought. That's still a thought process that a player has gone through to go, that's mm -hmm. going to be my opinion. And it just, I think despite the fact we play in these fantasy worlds where these gods are a thing, most people just like, unless you're a cleric, or a paladin. Most people just go, oh, I'm not going to think about that. It doesn't apply yeah. to me. Well, it should apply to you. It just, you know what it seems like? It seems like there's so much plot, story, and character potential that's just left on the table. And it's actually not even left on, it's left on the table and covered up with the tablecloth. It's like people yeah. don't even, don't even recognize that there are these, as a GM, there are ways to challenge and, um, challenge and inspire i think like motivate that is your your players to have to work through things or have to make tough choices or experience something cool uh that i, I just think they're they're being ignored like i i don't think i personally am not satisfied when every session is a walkover for the players when i'm running the game that's not satisfying like when it's just when it's it's like you know, you get a this and you get a, everyone wins. It's like, as I call it, California Little League. You get a freaking trophy for having a pulse. And, and you, can, you can con your way out of that even if you don't. You just show up and you don't even have to show up. You just ask, they just send you the damn trophy and tell you that you're great. Um, I, that is so tiring. It's so tiring to me. And so you have to challenge the players sometimes. You have to, things matter when there's something to be lost. And if there's something to, that must be gained, and there's something that must be traded away for it like that leaves a mark and it's emotionally it's that that's i think that makes for great satisfying it makes for great satisfying stories it makes for great satisfying games and so you know if you have a cleric or paladin who really means what they mean or better yet maybe even a character that isn't 
powered up by a God, but says, I believe this and is willing to yeah. sacrifice something for it because there's something good, right, whatever to be, to be gained from it. It's just, it's just left, it's just left unexplored. And it's, it's unfortunate because again, if people really believe their motivations and their, their values are going to be, and their actions are going to be shaped by those beliefs. Well, we just don't explore those things at the table. And I think, unfortunately, it leaves, it leaves a very thin broth. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's just missed opportunity. It was because it's potential conflict between characters. If, you know, you might have people, oh, the elf and the dwarf don't like each other because of history. What about if the characters have a different, different religion? Like people yeah. in this world do occasionally argue with each other because of different religions. So, Surely the same would be in a thing. You worship two rival gods. Well, you're going to be falling out with each other all the time and having discussions about it. But again, it's the thing, do, do you only follow? How do you only follow one god when you know multiple yeah. gods are real? Um, well, and you know what, I mean, too, that's what we said last time. The, the following the sports team thing is the thing that makes more sense to me because, like, in this, you know, in this day and age, because um, I'm you know, not talking about religion, you, you, most people follow a team. Most people will have, that's my team, and then maybe I have a second team, and this other country, I've got a different team, that kind of thing, yeah. or this different sport. That, that you know, that I could see that being the thing. Well, my dad supported Zeus, so I support Zeus. But my wife, unfortunately, she supports, you know, she supports... It's all about Hermes. Yeah, and so, but I just have to put up with that. But, you know, and then it's like, but it's like, then it's like supporting a sports team. We're not, I'm not going to, you know... Maybe, is, maybe at the at the end of the day, it's benign. Yeah. Well, you know something um, else too is that it, it, you talked about thinking. conflict between characters, and it could create conflict between characters, player characters, non-player characters, or combinations thereof. It could also be more benign friction, where you know one is like, hey, listen, you know, the paladin, for example. I, I, you know, my god that I totally follow, completely follow. Uh, I have to stop and pray for thirty minutes three times a day, or yeah. once a month on the on the new moon, I have to do this. And he's like, it's not like that big of a deal until maybe it becomes a big deal. But but the, the the character's like, no, I have to do that. Or like, no, I can't stay in that kind of an inn because of blase, blase or whatever. It just adds ripples to the story that make the characters more interesting and plausible instead of just all the character is is a bunch of abilities written on paper and the urge to win. That's yeah. all the character is. I think that definitely there are interesting stories that you can tell them, but people, you know, nowadays, particularly people don't want to offend anyone. So we'll just avoid it altogether. Yeah. Like kind of like the stuff that still drives me. I mean, it's not really the same thing, but when they basically put in D&D that racial bonuses, well, you could ignore and have any racial bonus you wanted that, that matched the racial bonuses you wanted. Well, but that doesn't make any, you know, we're, to quote when you syndrome, say when everyone's yeah. super, Nobody is. When you say that a halfling can have a strength bonus because you don't want to upset halfling players that you know want to be strong, you go, but a halfling's child. Are you telling me a child? You know what, can Chris? I, I can strong? I can do you one better. Someone who's seven foot tall. Halflings aren't real. Yeah, so it doesn't matter when we have these made up fantasy races with different racial bonus. That isn't like racial profiling. Because it's nothing to do with the real world. It's a fictional <laughs> fantasy thing. Then you've got people, oh, but I want to play, I, I don't want to play an elf that's dexterous and intelligent. Right, all the rules are saying is that elves are Tend naturally more dexterous yeah. and intelligent. That's the point. They are yeah. physically different. Right. It's not a real world parallel. Like, well, so it doesn't, do, doesn't matter. You know, one of the things that Star Trek, every Star Trek series, 
has had the alien who serves as a counterpoint to certain aspects of humanity. Like yeah. Mr. Spock was that in, uh, in, in the original series. Worf and, uh, and Data were that in yeah. Next Generation. Like they all, they, they, we do that. We take some human traits and we concentrate them in certain characters in order to serve as examples, as counterpoints against the norm. And when you make everyone, then it, then it, anyway, it, it, that, ah, never mind. Grumble, well, I think that's the same thing that happens. The religious thing is it people are worried about offending anyone with a real world look at yeah. religion. So we just won't we won't look at it at all. I think that's well, it. Then then you're you're missing you're missing potential stories yep. and conflict and interesting things because it might get uncomfortable for people. Um, I mean, you know, it's different players. when you come closer to the real world. When you come sort of, you know, you look at. Or the deadlands, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're not sure what we want to do with slavery." Well, here's what you should do: it did happen, so it it should be a thing that has happened, and it's still an issue because if you're going to fictionalize a real era of history, you, I think, I think you do well to take into account all the major issues, trends, and things of the the real history that you're playing with. Like, you know, it would be absurd, and I know that obviously they didn't do this, it would be absolutely absurd if Modifius was like, hey, let's make a World War II occult game, but let's leave out Nazis because uh, yeah, we don't want to offend Germans. Like, that's silly. You have yeah. to take it for what it is. You fictionalize the piece of it that you want to, and then, and then you run with it, and you hope that people go, yeah, this isn't real. I just, I, I'm with you completely. I, I think that, and here's my charge to people listening, uh, is that there's a lot of story, a lot of character interaction, and a lot of internal character development that you leave on the table with, unless you consider, in a fantasy world, the gods are real, the gods walk among us, and the gods do things that, are, that people can point at and say, yeah, or at least some people could point at and say, yeah, that, that's real. How would that affect people's behavior? How would that affect your characters? That is apostrophe S and a S apostrophe behavior. And I think if you ignore that, you leave stuff on the table. Yeah, I think the other option is that if you're doing a fancy world, you go, actually, well, I don't want to acknowledge the presence of gods. It's all too happen. And we're just not going to have gods, right? Well, then you don't have gods, in which case you have to seriously consider what you are doing with those classes that rely on them. So, for example, Dark Sun yeah. famously has no gods. They still had clerics, but their clerics were basically clerics of, like, the elements. Yeah. So they were essentially druids. Um or, you know, they got their power from the sun or something. You have to completely swerve it. And again, I think, I can't remember if Palandas existed or not. I'm, I'm still mm. convinced that, like, the, the, the dragons, which were, like, the main things in Dark Sun, like, gave powers to people. But I've been mean, looking it up, but I can't find it anymore. But still, I mean, if, if, so I if that's wrong. the, I don't know, because I'm, like, so not familiar with Dark Sun. Yeah. But, I mean, if that's, if that's the case, if there's this idea of there is a source of power, and either those sources of power, are, they're, they're sentient and they're giving power to mortals to do things for whatever reason or if there's some way that mortals can like reflect or drain off some of that power what does that take from them again if you don't look into this i think you're 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 leaving stuff on the table you're leaving story on the table yeah i think there's a good girl someone's someone put on reddit that actually said right if they're, they're doing like a 5e dark sun game basically said paladins and warlocks will be exclusive to templars who are like the warriors of the dragon kings princes whatever they were called yeah so they will only be npcs you you will not be allowed to play those a play because those are straight up the bad guys so yeah. you, you can't play one and end up um yeah so that way but at least that that's a choice that's a really good they've gone right yeah. well there are no gods and because there are no gods 
these classes don't exist. Yeah. If you have those kind of classes and players playing them, then they should be acting different and they should be interacting with people who are, I mean, if you're your cleric that walks into a town and you're like spouting off the name of cleric, everyone and their son should be coming after you for some healing because maybe they don't have a town cleric or they can't afford you show up brandishing the holy symbol of you know splapdor and that town it happens to be majority like flingleblap the flingleblap people are they gonna like throw tomatoes at you are they gonna make fun of you you know or or you show up in in a town where splapdor has a has a pretty big following and all of a sudden people are like buying you drinks or there's a uh like a Called like a structure of treatment and courtesies that the character should play out. You know, again, it's just, I think if you're going to, if you're going to have clerics or paladins, I think you just need to ask the question of, okay, like where, where their power source, like what comes attendant to that? Like what responsibilities or demands or requirements are going, are, are, you know, come with that? I think that's pretty simple. Yeah. So there's a, our view of religion in games, which is yeah. games, games be getting it wrong. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.